0: You know, those last two songs especially that we just sang really ring true with what we're going to be talking about to kick off 2020. Last year, we established who we wanted to be known as as a student ministry. Our mission statement was that we wanted to love, lead, and listen to our local communities and take Jesus to them. And so the way that I wanted to kick off this brand new season, this brand new decade, a new year is to go back through them, but really emphasize the importance of the word "go." All right, when you're here, when you hear the word "go," it means you're running, you're racing, you're going after something. Right? When you say "go," it's not to go uh, to a meanless end. There is a destination. There is something that you are trying to achieve. All right? That's why the beginning of races, it's ready, set, go, and the racers are off and they're running, and they're ultimately trying to get to the finish line. In our lives, we're trying to get to a different kind of finish line, but we want to run our race as well, but we can't do it if we're not going. If we're just staying right where we're at, Man, we are just sitting there in that ready, set position while the rest of the world is kind of passing us by. Each week over the next couple of weeks, we're going to focus in on one of these words, either love, lead, or listen. And today we're going to focus in on the word love. And we're going to talk about why it's important for us to go and to love our communities. Now, it's really easy to say that we do this Every single day, it's easy to say, you know what, man, there's a lot of people that are doing that. We've got great clubs. We've got a great FCA. I talk to most people, but most people's not all people. And this is, this is something I'm passionate about, guys, because this word right here is something I struggled with and still struggle with. I struggled loving people. And that's really not great if you're trying to be in ministry, But when I was in high school, I had a really hard time not looking at somebody else and going, we're different and I'm better. Just to be completely honest, I was living based off this moral assumption and moral code of my life is pretty much together. I haven't done everything right, but I'm a lot more put together than that person. So therefore, I'm better. Well, God looks at us all And we're all sinners that are saved by grace. Like we all fall short. We are all not reaching the mark. And so our job is to go love the world that we live in. I want you guys to check out 1 John 2. It's going to be verse 9. It's going to be up there on the screens. It's going to kind of direct where we're going this morning. And I love this because it really gets into the nitty gritty meat of the issue. Like this is the heart of what's going on. And I think you guys are gonna be able to recognize this as maybe the worlds that we still live in today, even though it was written thousands of years ago. Check out what the writer says here in verse nine. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Now pause right there. Let's keep it there for a second. I don't want the weight of that to just miss us when we move to verse 10. So whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. So if you proclaim to be a follower of Christ, if you say, yes, I'm a Christian, yes, I love Jesus, but I hate other people because they live different than me, or I hate somebody else because of the way that they look, the way that they act, Scripture says we're still living in darkness. That's not what Jesus came for. Jesus didn't show up on the scene and go, I'm the Savior, I'm the Messiah. If you're not living and looking like me, man, we can't be together. In fact, man, the Pharisees of the day, the religious hierarchy of the day, hated Jesus because of the people he was hanging out with, because of the people he was associating with. They couldn't stand him. So if we're living a life proclaiming to follow Christ and proclaiming to love Jesus and yet we hate other people, guys, our hearts are still in darkness. And that's something that we've just got to straight up address. That's something that we've got to get into the issue of. We can't overlook this. We can't just side saddle and go, but I do so many other things really well. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. But I want you to check out what verse 10 says because it's the opposite. Verse 10 says, Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. Abiding in the light is where we ultimately want to be, right? Like we want to stay in the light. If I am getting to choose between being alone in the pitch black darkness or getting to be in the light, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm choosing the light. I was the nightlight kid when I was growing up. Like, I just, I need a little extra comfort. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. That is where we want to be. As a student ministry and as you as individuals, we want to be First John 2.10. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. Guys, this isn't something that just applies to high school. This isn't something that just applies to maybe you're frustrated with a friend or a family member. That's great. This is something that we've got to hold on to the rest of our lives. Like this isn't something you graduate from. We don't just get to a certain place and go, you know what? I've been pretty good at loving people. Check it off. Let's move to the next thing. This is something that we strive for, that we work for, that we run after the rest of our lives. Like every breath that you take here on earth, whether you're 16 or you're 56, should be about loving other people. We don't get past this. So here's what I want us to focus on today. How do we love a world that lives different than us? Because I really believe that's the issue. I don't believe it's necessarily that, man, we hate other people and that we hate everything about them, but we know that as believers and as followers of Christ, that we're called to live a different life, right? That when we say yes to Jesus, we're saying no to what the world offers us. We know this. So how do we, still love people that are living different than us. And guys, this is something that I have really had to pray about because we never graduate from it and it's still something I'm trying to figure out. So I want you to know I'm walking this road with you. Like I'm trying to understand this and live this out practically with you day by day because it's hard you know it as well as I do. Whether you go to North Cobb or North Cobb Christian, I don't care. It's hard to love people that live different than us. And it's really easy for us to go, man, all I need will ever just be right here in this room. And that's great. HSM's a great thing. Groups, growing together at groups, huge. But if we're not taking what we learn in here and you're not taking it to the rest of your lives, you're not taking it to your schools, to your teams, to your families, I want every eye on me real quick. We are failing. Like we are not doing our job. If we just take in what we learn here, and you take in the information you get at at groups, and you go, that's great, and it's just for me, yeah, we're missing the mark. And I have failed you. And I don't want that to be the story of HSM. I want us to be a place that it doesn't matter who it is, where it is. You know that you could invite somebody to church with you because it's a loving place. And it's a place that accepts everyone. There's no judgment. There's no, I need to know your prior history. Man, you show up here, I can promise you one thing. You're going to be loved. You're going to hear good music, Casey makes a joke, like once every other month, it's kind of funny, right? But you're going to be loved. And if that's what we're known for as a student ministry, guys, amen. Like I will live with that and be the happiest person on earth. But I do not want us to fail at taking this, all right? So how do we live a world, how do we love a world that lives different than us? Here's the first one, and it's uber personal. We have to remain rooted in truth. It starts with us, right? And it starts with our own personal hearts. If our hearts are not in the right place, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's going to be really hard to go love the rest of the world because you're coming from an unbalanced place. You're not coming from a firm firm foundation. We could flip back and, and find the story of either building your house on rock, or building on the sand, stuff that's going to be swept away. We want a firm foundation, so we've got to remain rooted in truth. I want you to check out Colossians 2.7. It's going to be up there on the screen, but I love this passage particularly. It's from the NLT. It says this, let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So if you dig down and you allow roots to grow, your faith will grow strong. There's not many people that I know that spend a lot of time in the word and spend time with the Lord on a daily basis that don't have strong roots and don't have a strong faith. But I know a lot of people that never open their Bible during the week, really only pray when they feel that they need God. And they ask, like, I don't, I don't know where God is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like nothing's, there's no roots. Like you haven't allowed anything to grow and to be established and to take hold. But I love what the end of this passage says. You grow strong in the truth you were taught, and then you will overflow with thankfulness. So like you're not gonna just keep it to yourself. Everybody around you is going to be better because you have remained rooted in truth. And so here's my uber practical, just challenge for you guys. Begin to dig those roots today. Like don't wait, don't wait till a crisis. Don't wait till you feel like you can get a few other things in order. No, start today. Take, start with 10 minutes. Start in the New Testament and just begin to read. Don't worry about how much you're reading. Just take it in, soak it in. And then pray, God, I pray That I would take these things and apply them to my life today. I need your strength and I need you in me. Just begin there and allow those roots to grow deep. Because we're not going to be able to go love the rest of the world if we're still wanting to look like the rest of the world. That's going to be really hard to do. There's got to be some difference there. And the difference is the love of Christ, but it's got to be rooted deep within us because doubt and struggle and frustration and the storms and obstacles of life all come and hit us. And if those roots aren't deep, we're going to begin to wonder what we're even doing ourselves. I don't know if you've ever seen we lived out in the woods when I was growing up. It makes us sound like we were country people. We weren't our house just backed up to the woods, right? And so they were always cutting trees down though, because they were worried that the trees were gonna fall on the house and it was gonna be a big problem and nobody wants a hole in their house. All right, that's just moral of the story. But when they would cut the trees down, some of them had been there for hundreds of years. Like they were these really, really tall. Pine trees and they were big and round and it took a massive saw to cut them down because they've been there so long. But there's this really crazy thing that'll happen when you try to cut down a tree with deep roots that's been there for a long time. The conserved energy that's been built up in those roots is going to make that stump wanna grow again. So like you cut it down but there's so much conserved energy that's grown up in those roots, that stump that's now there is gonna want to begin to grow again and produce another tree. The same should be true of our faith. Like, yeah, there's gonna be tough times that come. Yeah, there's gonna be difficulties. Yeah, there's gonna be frustration. And things are gonna try to cut you down. Things are going to try to throw you off. But your roots should go go so deep that when those things do come, you go, man, I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. The Lord's still got a plan. The Lord's still good. And you just keep going. So we've got to remain rooted in truth, number one. Second one's also incredibly practical, but very hard. Focus on people's hearts more than their appearance. If you really want to love a world that lives different than we do, focus on their hearts more than their appearance. It's hard not to go back to 1 John 2.9. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still living in darkness. I think the hard part of this is that people make it a lot easier to see their outside than what's actually in on their hearts, don't they? Like, just as human beings, we build walls, right? We don't necessarily want people to get to know us sometimes, and so we build this facade, we build up this thing that I don't want anybody to get to know me, this is what I want people to see, I want to keep people away. And so, a lot of times, that's the only visual we're getting of the person, and it's really easy to go, yeah, I just don't like them. I'm just not a fan. Like I don't, I don't like them. I don't like the way they talk. I don't like the way they walk. I don't like what they do. That is the easiest thing in the world to do, and I would be lying if I said I wasn't guilty of it. Okay, I think I don't like them were my favorite words to use in high school, especially. Like I just, it was really easy for me to go. You know what? Rather than spending the time getting to know them or really wanting to get to know their stories, I just don't like them. And I'm gonna focus on the people I do like and I'll pray for them and hope that God is working in their lives and kind of leave everybody else out there on their own. And I was the epitome of 1 John 2.9. I claim to be a Christian, I claim to love Christ and yet, man, I was hating other people In my world. We all know this because you've all been through it. People go through things that we'll never know. The people you're sitting next to today have walked through things that you could never imagine going through. They've been to some really difficult and dark places at a young age and you have no idea. We don't. And those are the things that begin to build up these walls around us that we put up that other people focus on. But that's not what Jesus focused on when he got here. That was the Pharisees game. That was the Sadducees game. Jesus came And he began to look at people's hearts. And the idea of Christianity is emulating Christ, living like Christ, living out what he did for others to see. So that requires us seeing more than just the outside of another person. If you sit there and go, yeah, but there's some people I really dislike, and they've been bad to me. Like, they've done some bad things, and they, they don't deserve for me to like them. I understand that thinking. But if you can't love people for who they are, just know your heart, there's a part of your heart that's always going to be in darkness. Like, that's not fully surrendering all of yourself to Christ. So the question is, how do we love someone that lives different than us? Because it's possible. It's possible to still love somebody and have a different opinion than them. And in the world we live in today, that is the most mind blowing thought on earth, right? Because whether you're on Instagram or Twitter every night, it is people taking like, you're either on this side or this side. And if I'm over here, I've got to hate everything about that side. Like that's just the world we live in today is I make a decision that's sometimes irrational, but I've made my choice and therefore I've got to hate everything else that's over there. And that's culture today, that's life today. But that's not what Jesus called us to do. So yes, it's possible to disagree with how someone lives their life and still love them and still show love to them. How do we do that? We remain rooted in truth. It goes back to that first point. You remember what Jesus said and thought and taught about other people and we begin to live that out. I say this all the time and I'm gonna say it again just because it fits here. You're gonna graduate eventually. Some of you are wondering if that day's ever gonna get here but I promise like eventually one day you will graduate and you're gonna get a couple years down the line and you're gonna run into an old friend from high school or you're gonna see somebody that you knew from high school and you're gonna forget why you didn't or did like them. Like it's it's gonna kind of, kind of come and go because so much of the disdain that we have for people a lot of the time is so temporary. Like, I don't like them because he took my girlfriend. Like, when you get to high school, he's had 25 other girlfriends by that point. Like, everybody forgets, okay? So it's a temporary satisfaction that we're trying to find by disliking somebody, and sometimes it's rooted a lot deeper than that. But the temporary satisfaction of talking bad or disliking someone will never outweigh someone's eternity. Like those two things do not hold up whatsoever. And so if you feel yourself being pulled down that road, maybe by people you hang out with, I want you to stop and think if saying something that tears down somebody else is greater than the eternity that one day awaits them. Because if you jump on board with talking about somebody like that and they catch wind of it, which I promise they always do, and you proclaim to be a follower of Christ, what would make them want to be a part of Christianity? What would make them want to follow the same Jesus that you do, even though you're willing to tear somebody else down? And that person decides not to follow Christ during their life because of this moment and one day has to spend an eternity apart from him. Guys, that is a huge deal. Like that is a big, real thing that we face every single day with every word that comes out of our mouths. So the next time you feel pulled down that road to focus on somebody's outward appearance and talk about that and talk about why you dislike them, I want you to seriously consider if it's worth more than their eternity because it doesn't matter how bad that you feel that they've hurt you, it's never more and it's never greater than that. And if you feel that pull consistently of, man, I just dislike this person, I'm gonna challenge you to do something. I want you to begin to pray for them because one thing that I've learned, it's really hard to hate somebody that you pray for. It's amazing how God will begin to soften your heart towards them. But here's the third thing that we can do in loving a world that doesn't live like we do. We go right, right to the heart of it. We pray for eyes like Jesus. Jesus. First John 2.10 said, Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there's no cause for stumbling. And light is, man, that's clearly a main source here. Matthew 6.22, it's not going to pop up on the screens, but I want you guys to hear these words out of Matthew. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So here's what they're saying in Matthew. If your eyes aren't focused on the right things, eventually darkness is going to creep in because the eyes are the lamp of the body. Love and light are tied together in Scripture. So how do we make sure that we've got eyes that are light? You begin to pray for eyes like Jesus. You begin to pray to see things the way that he saw things. You begin to pray to see people the way that Jesus sees people. When you do that, I promise you, your heart is going to begin to be softened towards the world that you live in and the people that surround you. Instead of seeing somebody that you're mad at, somebody that you dislike, you're going to see somebody who's broken, who's who's hurting, and who's in desperate need of a Savior. That's what you're going to begin to see. That's how Jesus saw people. Jesus didn't see the bad things that they did. He saw their hearts, and he saw broken hearts that were empty. And I can't tell you how many schools I go in each week where I see a lot of kids that walk around with broken hearts. They're just searching for something. They're searching for some kind of fulfillment. And they'll do it through sex, they'll do it through drugs, they'll do it through alcohol, they'll do it through friendships, they'll do it through sports, through academics. None of it works. I'm just gonna tell you, none of that satisfies you long term. The only satisfaction you're going to find, the only thing that you are going to find that makes you feel whole is Jesus Christ and a relationship with him because it's the one thing that doesn't go away. And so if I know that, I wanna see people that don't have that and I wanna tell them about it, which takes us to our last point. We've gotta remember that not everyone knows good news. Not everybody knows about how great Jesus is. Not everybody knows why Jesus came. The perfect verse that illustrates this is John 3.16. And if you grew up in church, you know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That is why Jesus came to this earth. That's why he lived a perfect life. That's why he did what he did. That's why he died on a cross for something he didn't do and then defeated death by getting up out of the grave three days later. It was right here. It was because God loved the world that he gave up his only child so that when people believe in that child that came to this earth, They don't have to worry about perishing. They don't have to worry about being apart from God. They have the opportunity of eternal life. Guys, we live in a world where people don't know that. In my mind, I just assume that everybody in Ackworth goes to church, right? I just think that for some reason. If you were to just begin driving around town during church hours between 9 and 11, you're going to find 85 to 90% of people sitting at home. They They don't go. They don't know why Jesus came. They don't know that Jesus loves them right where they are today. And that that fullness that they're searching for in their hearts, they can find through a relationship with him. So what's our job? Our job is to take that good news and go to the rest of the world and let everybody know about it, unashamedly. You got nothing to be embarrassed about. You got the answers to the test. I remember being scared to tell people I was a Christian in high school, and I don't know why. I was scared of the opinions of other people that really their opinions didn't matter. I saw a quote this week, if you fall into that category, I saw a quote um, that, it was from Dabo Swinney. He said he never listens to the opinions of people that he wouldn't seek advice from. So if that's your concern, if your worry is what people will think of you, just know you're gonna be okay. It's not gonna ruin you. It's not gonna ruin your life but it can change somebody's life. And the things that you know, and the things that you've learned, when you begin to live them out, every bit of it, and you begin to tell people, they know that there's a difference. And they wanna be a part of it too. So you guys pray with me. Father, I thank you uh, for today, Lord. And I, I thank you for this reminder of the importance to go love people, God. It's not always something I'm great at personally. But God, I want to be better at loving your people, your creations, that you created uniquely and wonderfully in your image. Those people, I want to go love them. If we're being honest today, just in this room, everybody's heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You would just say, man, God, I haven't been great at loving the people around me, but I want to be better. Would you just lift your hand up? That's not something I've always been great at, but I want to be better. God, this is a struggle that we have. Father, I pray that right now that you would drive any ounce or hint of darkness out of our lives right now and out of our hearts. And that we would love people the way that you see them. That we would see past the facade that they put on and who they pretend to be. And God, that we would see the way that you see them. God, give us eyes like Jesus has. Give us a heart like you have to go and love the rest of the world. Because here's the reality. God, if we do that, this room can't contain us. It's just not. Our communities will look completely different if we run at the word go and love the rest of the world and love our schools. But I pray our hearts are right first. God, work in us, work through us, and allow us to be all that you created us to be. And if there's somebody in here today that doesn't know you, that's confused about hearing about that fulfillment that can be found in you, and they wanna know how they can, how they can be a part of this, how they can drive that darkness and that emptiness out of their hearts and find it full of light, and full of hope. And God, it's just through expressing that they know Jesus is their Lord and Savior and that Jesus came to this earth and lived a perfect life and died a death he didn't deserve and got up three days later, but he did it for us individually. If there's anybody who took that step, who wants to take that step this morning of saying yes to Jesus for the first time? Just you slip your hand up? I'd love to have a conversation with you after, after the service. Mm. Mm. Amen. God, we love you. thank you for being good. Thank you for changing our hearts and thank you for allowing us to go out and love other people. Lord, we love you, we thank you. It's your name, we pray. Amen.